Welcome, everyone. How are we doing today? Welcome back to the Max Schmarzo podcast. Um, today, I know last episode, we had a, a more formal discussion. If you guys haven't checked that out, that's with the performance psychologist at the Toronto Raptors, Alex Auerbach. Awesome episode. And as always, a friendly reminder for those of you interested in trying out some of the training programs, we have the Always an Athlete team has a seven-day free trial. We have Edu back up um, for anyone looking for more information, detailed presentations and stuff that we do there. Um, so today, talking a little bit about um, building muscle versus revealing muscle and some of the aspects of training that I don't think are talked about all the time on social media. It's not as exciting, um, but they're really helpful and informative. <clears throat> so some of you that have been following along, uh, the stuff that I've been doing is uh, in the off season for my athletes is not my personal off season, but that's when all the athletes are here and we're training. Um, I don't really focus much on my training during that time. I just kind of do what my athletes are doing. Um, now they're all away and they're playing on teams and whatnot. Um, it's kind of my time to experiment with some different aspects of training routes and interests. I talked about on here how I like mixing in some of the uh, different warm up aspects. That is our shooting routines, our dribbling routines, all stuff at the beginning of the workout. Um, but one thing I've been really focusing on, trying to have some fun with this off season, is trying to build some uh, strength and add some weight, but also during the same time increase my muscular power output. And so it seems really counterintuitive, right? I think a lot of times people on social media, when they talk about training, they talk about uh, athletic training, specifically um, jumping, running fast. You think about people with really low percentage body fats and you think about people maybe having to make a little bit of a cut and then expressing that power and physical ability. I would, but one of the issues I kept running into was I was going through kind of some of my training history and it seems like I've always made my biggest physical jumps in terms of strength and following performance after some sort of a period of time where I allow myself to have adequate amounts of nutrition, um, adequate amounts of calories. So I can actually improve during the training session um, versus just simply maintaining. And so what I've been messing with, I've been trying to add some weight. And that's one of the most difficult things to do for someone who I didn't used to be or ever was super skinny. I had a, uh, I was pretty heavy growing up. And then, um, once kind of basketball career ended, I got bigger again because I really wanted to get strong. I wanted to take away some time from basketball and then I lost a lot of that weight and I got lean and I enjoyed the aesthetics of being lean, but I had trouble at times with the performance side because I would be gaining, um, well, I'd be losing the body mass I'd be losing the body fat, but I wouldn't be gaining the, um, strength gains or power gains I wanted to see in performance. And if I did have gains, it would kind of typically like in this honeymoon period. So you would work out, you'd lift, you'd get stronger. You make a lot of progress while you're adding some weight and then you cut weight. And then you'd have like this month and a half period where you're kind of lean, but you have some of the residual strength left over. And then you'd probably get too obsessed with trying to get lean. And then you lose a lot of that muscle mass that you built up. And so that became a big issue for myself. And it kind of went through these cycles. Um, and two summers ago, I tried getting lean last summer. I kind of got lean on accident just because of just the sheer volume of work we're going through with all the guys. Um, but I haven't had an opportunity to really try and build and an easy metric for my strength is, uh, well, there's a lot of different metrics, but I use a trap bar deadlift. Uh, I bench press quite a bit, um, overhead press, just the basic strength metrics. And then my explosive metrics being able to dunk the ease of dunking and then the dunking at a certain weight. 
And now what's really critical here is that when I go through my trading log, I kind of kept noticing this repetitive cycle of I would get stronger, I'd get explosive, I'd add some weight because naturally um, when I had that strength emphasis or whatever that emphasis would be, um, I was able to put on some calorie, put on some weight because I didn't have an emphasis of trying to be lean. Um, and so what I'm trying to get at eventually is say like, I'm now going through a weird science experience experiment of trying to add weight while at the same time maintaining and building athletic abilities. Um, and this is like we said, kind of counterintuitive. I've never seen anyone really try and do this because you look at the track uh, and track and athletes, track and field athletes, um, different power athletes. You don't typically see that development collinearly. And now I'm 29. I'm not old, but I'm not super young. And I figured I only have a certain number of years left where I can actually make again, maybe until eight years. I know some really athletic bobsledders that are in their thirties and late thirties who are extremely athletic, but maybe I only have a smaller window than I had before to actually become athletic. And so I was going to try to couple these things together. And what I've noticed off the bat, I started this process. I was weighing 206 pounds, I think 206, 208 pounds. And the first thing I did, I wanted to introduce carbohydrates back in my diet at a higher, um, macronutrient content count. And so I started doing this and I started adding some weight because you naturally have some retention with water weight. And in that process is you kind of like look in the mirror, like, uh Oh, like, do I really want to go down this path again? I really enjoyed having six pack and ab veins and you can see veins in my arms. Um, but again, it's thinking about the performance side, not just the aesthetic side. Cause again, when you get that lean, you start to work out and you start to train, you're handling uh, the work volume because you're working with all these athletes. And next thing you know, you're just trying to recover day to day versus actually get better. I noticed my lifts hadn't gotten much better, um, so on and so forth. And so during this first period, I knew I was going to gain some weight, water weight. I was going to gain some weight because of just sheer calories. And I had this weird incident where I kind of tweaked my hip. I like ended up like breaking a rib. And then I hurt my hip on that same side a couple of days, not a couple of days, about a week, three weeks later. Um, and so I was like, well, you know what? Maybe that's a blessing in disguise because I'm going to take these first six weeks, four weeks to just build the foundation at this heavier weight to handle contacts on the court. So I'd go through a general kind of volume work where I'd be on the court as I'm adding weight during the process, but I'd be doing my jumps, um, my, my sprints, my lateral chain of direction work. And I would measure it in terms of how much total volume I was doing, how many total jumps, but also the efforts of those jumps. Was I doing a max approach jump? Was I doing a one, two step jump? How many times would I actually try to dunk a basketball versus just, um, you know, touch the rim. And so I was really erred on the easy side because again, I have about four or five months to work through this and I don't want to have any itises come up um, in my knees or my ankles. Now, with one thing I've noticed, by the way, which is kind of weird, is that as I went through this process, the initial four weeks, I actually started to lose a lot of uh, lingering itis problems, especially in my knee. Um, my left knee, I had surgery on and it, it just historically has bothered me um, just about as long as I can remember since I've had that surgery in junior year in high school, I just have an itis issue in there. It could be scar tissue. It could be some level of inflammation. I'm not specifically sure uh, what the exact cause of that itis would be. Now um, that kind of went away. <laughs> Maybe it's because I've been increasing the volume on the court. I've been handling the, the, the regular training demands. I'm trying to do this day in and day out. Uh, in a more logical manner versus just hanging in there with my athletes. But I noticed that went away. 
Um, I also then noticed after that my capacity to actually handle more work on the court started to improve a lot better, um, improve a lot. And I got a lot better. And now at this point in time, I'm probably this point in time, not currently now, but this time, this conversation, probably 218 pounds. Remember I started at 206, I'm 218 pounds, um, maybe 220. I, my legs don't feel that explosive. I do feel the added weight when I run and jump, um, but again, I'm going to power through it because it's only been basically a couple of weeks and that increased initial uh, water weight. It was like 10 pounds. That's not a little bit of weight because um, I, mean, I was really low carb, uh, kind of stupidly low carb, but it was more an accident than on purpose, just kind of a creature of habit with what foods I had around me. So I had to go through a whole period where I made a whole bunch of rice and someone's like, you shouldn't have that much rice because blah, blah, blah. And some dietitian messaged me about uh, certain types of rice from certain areas have too high of arsenic levels, and so you shouldn't be consuming the quantities that you're consuming. So then I started mixing in some rice and mixing in some like hash browns with that as well. And so then I go through the process of all this, and um, I'm at 220. And now over the past three weeks, I've really started to see a lot of performance benefits. Or so those first couple of weeks, probably maybe two and a half weeks, um, I just kind of wanted to ease my way into it. Now this, I'm starting to see some performance benefits. So initially. I'm not really sure how high I could jump if I was really dunking a basketball that well at all at 225 pounds. Um, but now I am, so I can dunk it pretty easily. I'm actually jumping really well. I'm jumping as if I was off of, you know, kind of around that 206, 210 pound mark. My one foot jumping ability has gone down a little bit. Um, again, I think a lot of that has to do with the added weight. I got to take my time and some patience and build that back up. But I noticed like my lifts have gotten a lot better. I've got uh, a new PR on a trap bar deadlift, which I hadn't hit a PR and a trap bar deadlift in like, man, um, four or five years. I had to go back to my camera to look up my last time I had PR, my trap bar deadlift. So I originally had hit 200 and 630 pounds. And that was a kind of grind. I hit 640 recently and it really wasn't that bad at all. I just didn't have enough weight on the bar or any more weight to fit on the bar to actually lift it. Um, from a bench press standpoint, I probably can bench the most weight I've ever been able to. My guess if I got under a bar right now, that's a touch and go, probably somewhere around 350 to 360. I did 225 pounds for 20 reps. And again, this isn't like some people have massively, they're more, way more uh, strong than I am and they're a lot stronger than I am. But to me, that's, that's progress. I haven't had this kind of progress in a couple of years. And again, I reflect on my training status, my training log, and I look through it all and it's like, well, there seems to be this, um, you know, common thread that when you eat enough and you actually allow yourself to take on some level of caloric surplus, you can have some increase in hypertrophy and strength. And I think uh, Bradley Barbell really, um, for those of you who follow him on TikTok or uh, Adam Bradley uh, or Instagram as well, um, mentioned this quite a bit of studies that you need a caloric surplus to put on muscle mass. And I don't know, maybe I was just kind of ignorant to it and just didn't want to believe that. And I refused to because I really enjoyed the aestheticness of being leaner and I enjoyed being lighter on my feet. Um, but I was like, well, you know, I do want to make progress. And I said, I'm nearing the end of my age of window that I can have high levels of performance. So let's try this route because the two and a half years I haven't really, I mean, they had some good, but it wasn't anything ridiculously crazy. Um, and so I'm trying this new route right now and I'm seeing a lot of benefits from it. I'm seeing a lot of gains from it. And it always made me wonder too, whether or not there are certain body fat percentages where people just operate best from. It seems like anytime I'm within that 
single digit category. I tend to be just more tired than I am functional. Um, I tend to be just trying to recover. Uh, maybe you need to modify your training volume. Maybe you can only go three times a week. If you're that lean, you're not having the same carbohydrate intake. I'm not really sure. It seems like when I'm eating as much as I am now, um, drinking way too much chocolate milk, fair life, uh, <laughs> I'm able to train quite a bit. Um, and with that, you see a lot of progress and benefits. And so it's, it's an interesting thought process that you can go through about, uh, you know, why we make gains and whether or not, uh, how much of a caloric, I know whether or not, but how much of a caloric surplus we need. And the whole common thread of this is that idea of adaptive currency, right? If we're having adaptation, you understand the foundation of adaptation, that the actual training process is an active biological, physiological process. We have to overcome a stimulus. And then you have the actual uh, recovery process, which is a physical not effort-wise, you're not, you know, volitionally controlling it like you would a weight, but you are having to uh, physiologically repair structures. That too is an active process. And so as you start to think about this stuff that comes together, you're like, well, I really should have been eating enough food. I tell all my athletes to eat more food. I tell them to make sure they get enough calories and whatnot. And I myself am never getting enough calories. Um, so I kind of wanted to share some of that training experience and thoughts with you uh, all on this podcast. I know I mentioned it maybe two months ago when I said I was going to go on this journey of trying to add a little bit of weight and see what, you know, transpires there. Um, so I want to give you all an update with that. And then coming up, we're going to have some new guests as well. This podcast, pretty excited to have them. It's going to be uh, some interesting conversation. We have different uh, strength coaches from different performance staffs. We have a director of uh, performance for basketball. And a lot of people who listen to this might be a little more biased towards basketball because I'm biased towards basketball, but an awesome, um, Previous couple of podcasts, again, with the Toronto Raptors sports psychologist, the director of performance uh, at FAU, uh, Coach uh, Joey. And so it's uh, it's it's pretty cool to have these guys on here. Um, as always, I appreciate the support and the kindness of the comments of this. And also, thank you as always. I appreciate you guys. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, I'm also doing this, by the way, live at the same time on a TikTok. So I'll probably actually be taking some questions on TikTok separately from this. But we'll wrap up the podcast here. I'll answer some questions here. I appreciate y'all and take care.